Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man with high-performance executive success coach, Dan Pena. The only show where you ask and you get complete, no-holds-barred answers. You want the truth? Can you handle the truth? Ask only if you dare. Head on to www.askthe50billiondollarman.com to submit your questions. And now, your host, Dan Pena. Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man, podcast number 12. I'm glad to be here again, and I'm looking forward to answering a number of your questions. Um, we're going to start off with um, voicemail questions that were left on the uh, toll-free number. Number one. Hello, Mr. Pena. This is Anka Yanku. I met you last year uh, about, uh, I think it was in close to December 2013 in Chicago. I met uh, you um, and your wife as well for a little bit, and um, I got such a, such a great, uh, um, you know, insights, business, and life from, from you. Um, I am truly blessed that I met you in person. I do believe in uh, meeting extraordinary people in person. My question um, for the $50 billion uh, man is, uh, what about business, doing business with food? in particular, come out with a good product and just bring it out to the world. What's your insight regarding food business um, slash franchise uh, in the future? Thank you so much. I wish you all the best and hope to see you soon. Thank you, Mr. Tanya. Okay, interesting question. I do remember the young lady. I was there for my daughter's graduation from Northwestern University Graduate School, and uh, she uh, did uh, meet my wife briefly as my wife came through the lobby of the hotel that we were staying at, I introduced her. Um, the food is tough because there's so many multi-billion dollar uh, conglomerates that have been in the food business a long, long time. Uh, if you're uh, talking about getting products into stores, uh, of course there's health food, uh, there's uh, things like biohacking now. That's possible to start by getting foods into uh, either restaurants and or uh, specialty um, uh, markets. Uh, but franchising that, uh, I'm not sure you can franchise that. Now, if you come out with a uh, market that specializes in specialty food, you can't franchise that. And I like the franchise business because it's a, it's a cash cow business. But it's extremely tough and the competition is fierce. But good luck to you. And I hope to see you uh, at the castle as we discussed a year ago. Next question. Hey Dan, uh, I want to thank you for sharing your book, the content on your website, and now this podcast. I mean, um, I resonate so much with your message and your approach to life and business. Okay, now, uh, you heard that saying that there was like, when an older and wiser man says something that sounds counterintuitive, he's probably right and you should listen. Did that ever happen to you, and especially with your mentors? All right, thanks for your answer. Um. If you mean as a mentor, everything I tell the kids is counterintuitive to them. It happens all the time. Uh, if you're asking, does, or has it ever happened to me as an individual, as a mentee with my mentor, yeah. Uh, I remember on several occasions, um, the, uh, my various mentors, uh, Mr. Orman, Mr. Grazos, and uh, Jim Newman, said things that didn't make sense to me. Um, I'm often asked, uh, what's the best advice you ever got that you didn't follow? Well, it sounded counterintuitive to me when Konstantin uh, Grazos, the CEO of Onassis Shipping Lines, told me, Mr. Pena, focus on the few, not the many. Of course, I didn't believe him and I focused on the many for several years uh, and then I got narrowed down, I narrowed it down to focus, focusing on the few uh, and with great passion. I hope I answered your question. Thank you. Next. Hi, Mr. Pena. This is Ari Bamanyar. So after going through your QA materials about 17 times now, I finally decided it's time to reach out. And I was going to send you an email on the website, but I quickly realized I wasn't a huge pussy, so I called him instead. So without any more foreplay, here are my two contest-winning questions. And the first one is to get a better understanding of your character, and the second is to get more actionable information. 
So number one is I want to know what you would say to your mother if she could see you today and what she would think of the man you've become. A lot of high-performance people have had troubled relationships with their parents, so I kind of want to know what your thoughts are at this stage of your life and at this stage of your success. And number two is let's say you have a kid who just graduated from university, Magnum Cum Dufus, of course, and how would you recommend he get started when he doesn't already have an existing business by using the QLM methodology? Uh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Uh, see you at the seminar. Well, it's hard for me to believe you've gone through my stuff 17 times and you asked these questions. Um, number one, uh, I'm not here to prove my character to you. And if I have to do that, then I'm not the right guy for you. And QLA is not the right uh, methodology for you notwithstanding all the success we've had. Uh, my mother was uh, alive long enough to see me be a very big success, and uh, she was very proud of me. Uh, she was very proud of the things that I did, the charities that I'm, I was involved in then, and uh, I'm involved in many more now. Uh, she was proud of how far I've come, uh, although she didn't like me dwelling on the fact that we were poor. As far as the question about uh, a young college kid has no uh, uh, business, the whole seminar is about that, young man. I don't know. I, I, what the fuck are you doing? Where are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you smoking? I have no fucking idea. Everything about QLA is you have nothing to start with. So what I tell the kids is follow your passion, follow your dream. If you're not going to follow your passion, you follow your dream, it's going to become work very soon. Uh, it's not going to be fun anymore. And when it becomes less fun to no fun, that's when you give up. Next question. Uh, Mr. Pena, in one of your audios, you stated a book called The Secured Lender, the United States version. Can you remember the UK version? And your estimation is it's still worthwhile having this book? That's just a question. Thank you very much for your time. The gentleman sounds half asleep. The question is, in, in one of your audios, you stated uh, state a book called The Secured Lender. U.S. version. Can you remember the U.K. version? Blah, blah, blah. It's the same book. It's called The Secured Lender. I don't believe it's published anymore. Uh, it's now all online. And The Secured Lender is a book that uh, lists uh, thousands, I don't know about thousands, but many hundreds of um, institutions that are interested in secured lending. It was very popular in the 90s, but it, I think it's been uh, it's transcended into an online service now. Okay, we're going to start on the regular questions now. Regular meaning that they're not audio. Okay. So what have you learned so far from the due dilly process? I believe the question is, uh, during a due diligence process, you're going to learn a great deal. Remember, the more you investigate, the less you have to invest. Most of the due diligence processes you start, you'll, never, you'll, you'll finish by not going forward on the project. Remember, if, is it hot? If it's hot, you look at it. If it's not hot, you don't look at it. If it's hot and it gets past the initial smell test, as I call you do due diligence. And uh, very few of the, those processes will end in a, in a purchase. Maybe one or two out of every hundred deals that you look at. Several accounting guys are asking me uh, if the board uh, member is needed uh, to head the audit committee. Yes, I mean, that's the, the purpose of the, uh, the, the dream team. Part of the audit committee will be your, um, your board member. And it will be probably the audit committee will be uh, two or three members of your board. So the answer is yes. Uh, Dan, uh, 007 was great, or not 007, I guess pod seven was great. <clears throat> I, I, I haven't been referred to as 007 since the 80s. I think you might have persuaded me to pursue healthcare once I'm out of university. I'm in I'm my third year and final year at uni now. I want to ask though, do you think the opportunities will still be there in a few years? Uh, consolidation in the healthcare space, certainly uh, opening now, but I'd prefer to get some industry experience for a couple years before venturing out in two or three years time. I guess healthcare will always be good, but I'm just uh, wary of competition mounting. I'm in the UK, if that's at all relevant. Do you reckon I should still pursue it? I'm feeling I'm likely looking at medical supply business. Um, yes, 
it's going to be the same. I told Rick Scott this in the middle 80s, uh, and he founded Columbia Healthcare, which was at the time uh, of him leaving the largest healthcare company in the world. Uh, and it's not going to change. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the UK, US, Russia, wherever. Um, next question. God bless you. Now, what's, uh, what's that about, Dan? Now, I assume or I presume that he's asking, <clears throat> if God blesses me, what's that all about? Well, it, it, it's, it's, when I say, t tell people God bless you, I, notwithstanding all the scientific data that there is no God, I still believe I have faith. Same faith I have uh, in uh, my mentees and same faith I have in the QLA process because I've seen it work. So I, I just, I believe. What is the best way to find a mentor in a uh, new industry such as online marketing where not many people have sold their companies? Um, it's tougher. Uh, I'm a mentor in, in a few online businesses and have been over the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, but you need to find somebody, first of all, where you want to be. He's there or she's there where you want to now, where you want to be someday. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a successful online guy or gal. Uh, but it is difficult. But there are there. They're, they're existent. But you've got to look very, very hard. You said many times that you only get once, one chance to make a first impression. Correct. What happens if you screw up the first impression? Fuck. Okay, I'm going to continue to read the question. What's the best way uh, to amend and correct the situation? I hate to tell you, kid, you probably can't. You fucked up, you stepped on your dick. That's life. Next, go on to the next person. What are three things in your life that you would like to change? Currently, nothing. Uh, in the past, I've already said it ad nauseum, I wish that I had been nicer to my mom just before she passed away because I didn't really think she was ill. Uh, and I'm a frustrated, combat-trained army officer that never saw combat during the Vietnam War. Uh, and three, uh, I wish that I had uh, become aware of uh, my skill sets vis-a-vis -vis coaching and mentoring. I might have started a little earlier. I might have exited uh, Great Western earlier. If you had to start all over with nothing, what steps would you take to achieve wealth? <clears throat> I keep putting these same questions in because I get asked so many times. And either you, you know, I hate to say it, either your kids are fucking thick or you're not reading and you're just pulling questions out of the air, but you're really not reading the material. Uh, there's um, find a mentor, follow your passion, uh, and uh, just fucking do it. Do you help injecting ideas to those individuals who want to succeed and don't have any brilliant plans to execute? No, I don't. Uh, if I have to come up with the idea, then what the fuck do I need you for? I have internet product based on monthly membership fees. In order uh, to grow, I have to raise 50,000 euros. I want to sell 10% of the shares of the company to private investors. What do you think about it? I think that that's a bad idea. I think that you're not going to, uh, based on what you've told me, you probably have no revenue. And nobody's going to give you 50,000 uh, euros for 10% of the shares, that means your company's worth $500,000. That means you're going to have to be making at least uh, $250,000 a year, 250,000 euros a year, and it doesn't sound like you're in that category. Given that the Dutch healthcare market is collapsing because of the government and insurers no longer paying for overpriced care, uh, should you stay, or would you stay there um, say there are chances for a company that minimizes overhead, fully utilizes automation opportunities, and offers top-notch home care for a reasonable price. Also, what are the thoughts of, uh, on cyber, risk, uh, cyber security risks? I'll answer the first question. Um, and healthcare is tough. The fact that you say you're going to fully utilize automation opportunities and offer top-notch health home care, a lot of people do that. I mean, uh, I don't understand what your unique uh, selling proposition would be. Therefore, the risk would be high. Plus, uh, the barrier to entry, I'm not sure that uh, the barrier to entry you can afford. Uh, as for cybersecurity risk uh, insurances, <clears throat> there's a lot of very large companies already involved in that. And I really uh, don't feel qualified to um, make any uh, comment. 
you think there's any value in business school? <laughs> Telf says Elon Musk and other well-known entrepreneurs <clears throat> have argued that MBAs are basically a waste of time and in addition uh, to not pursuing them themselves. <clears throat> they only hire an MBA in spite of their degree, not because of it. What's your experience? Well, having a son with an MBA <clears throat> and having uh, urged him to get his MBA, uh, I, I still believe that uh, if you're the kind of person that gravitates toward education and will benefit from education, then it's a good thing. But most of you aren't, so I would say that an MBA is a waste of time. Uh, are you a billionaire? No, I'm not. I've never purported to be a billionaire. I've created a few hundred million dollars. I've also lost a few hundred million dollars. Uh, when, you, when us listen to you, I always enjoy reading these that are uh, English is a second language because it, uh, <clears throat> it uh, reminds me of when I lived in India uh, for so many years. Okay, when you listen to you, follow your advice, we end up like you. What is your personal net worth right now? That's none of your fucking business, you smart ass. Uh, a lot more than yours, I assure you. Obviously not a successful businessman right now, one can read of. Uh, help me qualify you as a mentor just out of history success. Uh, ongoing success. Well, I'm the only guy that's created $50 billion plus uh, with his mentees, and there's nobody on the planet that's done that. So I, what, what I would do if I were you, kid, is I'd get my fucking head out of my ass. You're a smart-ass kid that's accomplished nothing in your fucking life, and you've got the unmitigated fucking gall to ask me those kind of questions. I'm the one living in a fucking castle. You live in a cold-water fucking flat in some dump city. I hope I've answered your question. Mr. Pena, have you and your colleagues gone about the process of thinking of viable ideas for new businesses? Uh, not uh, a few, but more, more recently, in recent years, I take what my mentees come up with and I help them develop them. How do I get focused and organized in my real estate job? Well, it's not just real estate job, uh, kid. Uh, it's any job. Uh, you obviously don't like what you're doing. You may even hate what you're doing. I'd look for something that you don't have to think about uh, doing every day because you love it. Mr. Pena, in order to keep, a track, keep track of tasks, appointments, and projects, what percentage, split do you, what percentage split do you use between paper-based and personal assistant and electronic-based systems? I don't use electronic-based systems. Some of my assistants do. I have three assistants. Uh, but I uh, use uh, uh, paper-based. My assistants use uh, electronic. Mr. Pena, I am a man of 55. You're a young man. Having had um, rough financial times due to marriage and divorce, in about half a year I will have paid all my debt, uh, which I am very proud of. You should be. Additionally, I solved problems from my childhood regarding the relationship with my sisters and my parents. We all have them. I didn't have, uh, you know, I was, uh, I had a good relationship with my parents, but uh, that has brought me peace, at least in this area. I have a decent job, which helped me pay my debt over the last four years, but I'm absolutely not satisfied since I will not give in to life and that most people would recommend to me. Um, be content, save money, uh, work, and until you retire. Uh, my question, therefore, is, can you coach <laughs> an average guy in his 50s? Yes, uh, who at the present moment has no money to invest and no business contacts besides average people. Yes, to finally get to the goal line financially. Yes, I have no unrealistic dreams, but I definitely want uh, one show that is possible to recover from scratch, even at my age. Remember, Ray Kroc started at 55 or 57 uh, McDonald's. That would be my greatest concern. Thanks for reading. God bless you for your commitment to help other people in the way um, uh, that you do now. Yes, I'm telling you, you can. I don't know how many times I, I have to say it until I'm blue in the face. You can. It doesn't matter how old you are, what resources you have. You can do it. And uh, if you follow QLA, all the free material I have, all the free content, and you get the stuff that I used to sell on Torrent, you can make it. If you were 20 years old today, what would you do to put yourself on the path of success in the next two to five years? Again, kids, I keep on putting these questions in because you keep fucking asking me. I mean, um, the, the 
Find a mentor, dipshit. Follow your dream. Follow your passion. Hi, Dan. After finishing college, I chose not to go to university. Now, just to explain this, it may be confusing for some of you. In the UK, college is considered sixth form, which means your A-levels are when you're roughly 17 or 18. So you go from college to university. Okay. After finishing college, I chose not to go to university as I was convinced that it wouldn't be worth my time and money. I knew that I wanted to be a financial trader since the age of 15 years old, so I managed to get a, to get a, grad, a grad job at a firm. Trading is my passion. You got, you're on the right track if it's your passion. And the start of my new career went well up until around the start of last year. The markets are dead and my company is struggling to make money. Don't feel like the Lone Ranger. I too am struggling to make money and have massively lost the confidence in myself. You shouldn't, but uh, I'll continue to read. Although I love trading, I don't know how long I can do, be a trader at this firm without knowing when the market's volumes will return. Uh, I email you to ask for advice on whether, in my case, I should go to your university and get a degree, stick with my current job, or go out and find something new. If, don't go back to university just because the market got sour. If you still love trading, stick with it. Grind it out. Going back to the, into the beginnings of your apprenticeship with high-performance people like Konstantin Grazos, uh, and can you share any stories that gave you some hard-hitting lessons early on that help you uh, leap to new levels? Thank you for making yourself available to us. Oh, hell. I mean, there's so many things uh, about my uh, relationship with Mr. Grazos, uh, who wasn't a big guy on investigating uh, beyond, uh, uh, beyond, or I, I, I said that wrong. He was a big guy. You investigate before you invest. Uh, he saved me so much time by telling me, uh, Mr. Pena, investigate before you invest. The more you investigate, the less you'll invest. Uh, that saved me. Uh, that's probably the best story I can, I can give you, is that uh, the more I look at deals, the less the deals look appealing. And when you're young and naive and fresh uh, in the business world, all these things are going to look appealing because you're going to think it's like a rocket ship to the moon, and it's not. How do you get a bank to lend you money when you have no cash flow or assets? What can you use uh, as your collateral? You are a new business, you have a chairman, a few board members, you're the CEO, but you have nothing to guarantee the bank, guarantee the bank will get their money back. Uh, you went into uh, this for a few seconds in your QLA seminar, but I know you can expand upon it. Uh, Dan, you're really the man, thank you, truly the man. Well, it's on my site, it's on my free content, it's in uh, uh, my various courses uh, that are on Torrent. It's in my book. You find a deal, and uh, deals are broken down into um, two separate uh, categories normally. Normally, you're not going to finance it all with equity, and you're not going to finance it all with debt. You're going to have a combination. Uh, once you find the deal, then you can find investors. You're not talking about any deal here, as far as I can tell. Um, you have no collateral, so they're not going to expect any collateral from you. They will expect somebody to put up equity, and that's what the QLA program is about. Hi, Dan. When doing an M&A, is it best to purchase one of the top competitors in your industry location, or is it better strategically to acquire an up-and-coming company in order to, in order to pressure, put pressure on your top competitors? Well, it's, you asked, when doing M&A, is it best to purchase? Well, if you're already in the M&A business, uh, it's easier to buy revenue than create it. Uh, I would buy one of the up-and-coming competitors. Question one, after listening to some of Dan's material, I now understand finding a mentor and building the dream team board is priority number one. My question is about who I get on the board. There are people I can get today, like a man I worked with and respect who built IT companies to uh, a few million uh, revenue, who will gladly work with me. Or should I go uh, for the Dragon's Den types, like Richard Farley and Mark Zuckerberg types? Well, you're not going to get Mark Zuckerberg. 
and I don't know who Richard Farley is, uh, but I would go for the best you can go. I wouldn't go for uh, somebody that uh, you work with and it would come along easily. You want it to be somebody that you have to convince. Question two, Dan, you say money is made, uh, is made in transactions, not income. No, I say wealth is made in transactions, a series of transactions, not income. Understood. After your first deal, 50 million revenue in uh, year one, uh, where you did a 90-10 JV with an experienced player. No, I didn't do a 90-10. I, I had less than, I think, two-tenths of a percent. <clears throat> how did you move on from that JV? Well, nobody ever asked me how much money I made on that deal to this day. I, I say from time to time. But I had a $50 million in revenue, and I put $50 million to a bank, uh, and, uh, and that created a track record. So that gave me the springboard to go on to the next deal. Uh, you're asking, uh, did you sell out to, uh, of that company and restart a new one? No, I kept the company. And in fact, the remnants of that company are what uh, uh, initiated Great Western Resources. B, did you buy out the investor? No, I, I'm hardly going to buy out the federal government. Or C, did you just earn something like a commission fee <clears throat> linking the government contract to the guy's business? That's exactly what I did. Question three. Importantly, uh, importantly, how much did you personally take home from the transaction? I think I've said this before, about $80,000. Uh, is this percentage what I should expect from my first transaction following the QLA foreman or are you different? I hope the fuck you make a lot more than point, I think it was point zero zero two percent I hope to God uh, you make more than that. There is no rule of thumb. You want to get your first deal done, so do whatever it takes as long as it's moral, legal, and ethical. How can I get more business knowledge in my head? I mean, I put this question in, kids. When I was reviewing the questions late last night, early this morning, I said, should I just shit-can this question? No, because some of you, if, see, if one person, just one of you, out of the many tens of thousands that, that, that are interested in QLA uh, uh, on a monthly basis, Ask this. That means somebody else has that question. Maybe a bunch of you. So that's why I list it, even though it sounds not, not too smart. How can I get more business knowledge in my head? Who are you hanging around with, kid? I mean, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You're the average of the five people that you uh, spent most time with. And they're probably dipshits. Uh, and so you, you, if you want more business knowledge, you hang around with high-performance business people. It's pretty fucking simple. How do you address this obnoxious, uh, I was going to say uh, obnoxious, that must be Freudian on my part. How do you address the subconscious fear of success uh, and become a billion dollar man in your own mind? Well, that's a, that's a very interesting question. The reason it's interesting because if you don't become a billion dollar man in your own mind, first, you'll never fucking become a billionaire. So how do you address the subconscious fear? High performance people, mentor. You are who you hang around with. Why did you fall short $1.5 billion from your goals? It's a good fucking question, kid. Because um, I didn't execute as well as I should have. Uh, I'm sure that if I had done it again in the last five or ten years, the results would have been a lot different. But uh, creating about a half a billion dollars, uh, nobody's crying for me. What question would you have been most beneficial for a 20-year-old Dan, to ask a 69-year-old. Probably, will you be my mentor? How do you find the logical link between your unique abilities and business opportunities? There's no logical link. I don't, uh, uh, there is no logical link. Uh, but if you're asking me, my unique abilities, I have extraordinary communication skills, I have huge self-esteem, and I have big fucking balls. I like risk. So uh, virtually any business opportunity is right down my alley. Hello, Mr. Pena. What are your thoughts on non-disclosure? Hmm. Non-disclosure. Are you talking about non-disclosure agreements? Uh, well, I'm a full disclosure kind of guy. I tell everybody the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't believe on keeping uh, hidden agendas. Uh, so... Um, if you're talking about non-disclosure agreements, they, they, they can be useful, but there are no secrets. There are only mysteries. Uh, very few non-disclosure agreements work. 
But ask your own lawyer. How do you uh, get people to trust you with no track record? Dream team, dipshit. Dream team. Uh, how were you able to keep your uh, state and assets after been made bankrupt? Well, I don't know where you got the fucking ideas that I've ever been bankrupt. I've never been bankrupt. I've been on my ass financially a few times, but never bankrupt. I'm, I'm 19 years old and a student at University of Kent studying finance and accounting, studying my first year, tw uh, started, you just started, okay, uh, September this year. I just want to say thank you for creating these podcasts. They're truly inspiring to me. My question is, do you believe that you have to do 10,000 hours to become an ex uh, expert, I think she means, at a particular subject? Um, how did you improve your performance from when you started till now? What steps did you use to uh, improve your performance level? Now, I'm going to answer it as if the question is directed about thanking me for the podcast. Yes, I do believe the 10,000 hour rule. In fact, I think it's more than 10,000 hours. Uh, but uh, how do you improve the performance from when you started till now? I continue to work at it, study. Uh, I continue to practice, practice, practice. What steps would you use to improve your performance? The ones that have been successful for me already. I do a lot of homework. I practice and I continue to practice and I never stop doing my homework. Hi, Dan. How do you choose the people for your dream team? People of quality who will, be, uh, will back you when uh, going gets tough, not just useless boardroom politicians. Very carefully. I mean, uh, you're right that uh, you don't want guys on, or gals on your board that are just there because of, for the political reasons. You want guys that are, when the shit hits the fan and the, the tough, it gets tough, they get going. Uh, but you have to start with, they have to like you as a person. They have to like your idea and they have to have similar passion. How much of the success is emotional and how much is everything else? Like the business venture context, like the business venture context. Will your emotional bank account get you across the goal line regardless of your industry and economic context? Yes. If so, could you make it in any, could you make it in any industry on willpower alone? Now, you got this wrong, young man or young lady. Willpower and emotional bank account are two different things. Willpower is I'm not going to have that extra donut. And I like donuts. I just saw uh, recently a thing, uh, a new product come out about uh, donuts, uh, a donut for the top layer of bread, the bottom layer of bread, and two patties with cheese and bacon in the middle. And it says that alone is more than enough calories for a, day, a whole day, but it looked good to me. I'm looking forward to having one. That's willpower. Emotional bank account is when you're scared to go make a cold call, when you're scared to walk into a meeting because uh, they're going to make fun of you. Uh, emotional bank account is when you weigh 400 pounds and you know people are laughing at you. Emotional bank account is when you go into a meeting with Harvard and Yale and other Ivy League school graduates and you don't have any uh, high school, uh, you only have a high school diploma. Different thing. Hello, Dan. What are the th uh, top three life lessons that you learned in your 70-year young journey? Well, I like the young part and why. I know this will be a question that will be valuable for all your uh, followers. Well, I hope it's valuable. Um, I haven't learned three uh, life lessons. Uh, I tell the kids, just fucking do it. Focus on the few and not the many and follow your heart. Follow your passion. If you are so rich and knowledgeable, then why charge so Ah, good question. Why charge so much money making it available to, uh, of the course and only people that don't need it? It shows you haven't done your fucking homework, you idiot. Why do you like uh, carrying people across the finish line? Uh, why? Uh, why do you get aside from an ass full of money? Get aside. I don't know what that means. And how do I learn to be the same? <laughs> uh, it sounds like he ridicules me, but he wants to be like me. Uh, I charge 10,000 pounds, which I haven't really changed the price since 1999, because it's a lot of money to most people. But to a rich person, a successful person, uh, if a successful person can't come up with $15,000, $18,000 for a seminar and another two or $3,000 to get there, he's not too successful. So it's the less successful people uh, that um, come, not the, the rich people. 
we have some rich people, but uh, they, we only make uh, two change. Uh, there's only two reasons for change in life: desperation and inspiration. I get very few people that are uh, inspired to come to see me. Most of the people are, are desperate because they've tried everything humanly possible, uh, and now they're going to pay, you know, uh, 15, 20 grand to come to my seminar and let me beat the shit out of you in the seminar. Plus, I beat you like a fucking rented mule for a year afterwards. But the mentoring part is for free. Uh, the, uh, and I like carrying kids across the goal line like uh, Forrest Gump that saved all those people in, in uh, the movie Forrest Gump because uh, I, I, I want my legacy to be that I was the, the best high-performance coach on the planet ever. Uh, I want to be the latter-day uh, Napoleon Hill. Uh, I, want to be, uh, I want to be known for that when I'm gone. Hi, my question is, where were you? Where were you? Um, the, uh, I believe that this means, uh, you know, where, where was I before? Uh, and they just discovered me. Well, I've been around 21 years, young person. Uh, and so if you, haven't, if you just found me, just consider yourself better to be uh, lucky than smart and better late than never. How much different is it being at the seminar, uh, you yelling at, at the seminar attendees versus just watching the YouTube seminar clips? Well, it's, it's, it's a lot different. Uh, Brian Rose of London Real uh, TV, which started my podcast career, my showbiz career, uh, said it best uh, some time ago. These YouTubes or podcasts, etc., are only two-dimensional. Uh, the seminar and me getting in your face, etc., are three or four-dimensional. There's no comparison. But if you can't come to the seminar, read the material and look at all the YouTube stuff uh, that's uh, online. Um, but it's, it's, it's significantly different as um, you will... Uh, someday hopefully uh, be able to tell um, when you come to the seminar. How do I get to have the same motivation to perform as you have? Well, hanging around the dipshits that you're hanging around now, you're never going to have it. Show me your friends and show me, uh, I'll show you your future. Um, I've been a high performance person in six decades. I always choose the hardest alternative. If I see three different choices, I go to the one emotionally that I don't want to do. Will you give me the rights to help you sell your story and make it a Hollywood hit? No. You'd have to talk to my agents, William Morris Enterprises, or William Morris Endeavor, WME. Uh, um, and now that they call me a talent. And, uh, but uh, no, I, I'm not willing to do that. But I, I'd make a hell of a documentary. From the body of boy to the Laird of Guthrie Castle. It's quite a story. It is a quantum leap. Mr. Pena, how do you feel about recruiting and developing slightly younger CPAs without extensive mergers and acquisition experience uh, into the CFO to handle due diligence, financial modeling? Uh, I'm not in the, in the business anymore of developing young CPAs, uh, and they don't necessarily have to be a CPA to be a CFO. Uh, but anyway, you can be an MBA, you can be a CFA, certified financial analyst, etc. cetera. Um, so, but uh, at my stage in my life, I'm not into uh, training anybody up. But unless you're a qualified, mature, experienced uh, financial person, uh, you're not going to be able to bring much to the table to, to show uh, uh, young people. What are the top three personality traits to look for in a mentor uh, from your point of view? Well, I'm only giving you my point of view, kid. Uh, also, how did you approach your mentors? Um, the three top personality traits, uh, I don't think there's three. I think there's only one. They've got to like you, and they've got to feel comfortable with you, and they have to have confidence in you. Thank you, Mr. Pena, for lighting a fire under my ass. Well, that's not quite a question, but uh, you're very welcome. That's what I'm here for the last 21 years. And with the advent of these podcasts, Ask the $50 Billion Man, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I would really rather kick you in the ass, but uh, you can't do that anymore. But uh, I really, I'm a 13, 14, 15th century manager. Century manager. 
you know, I, I, I would beat you. Or as my Romanian mentees would say, I would fucking beat you. Mr. Pena, why are you so hard on us? You beat us. I come from marketing in, uh, marketing in the online casino industry, okay? If I uh, get a dream team to uh, acquire some revenue-generating casino websites, uh, if I get a dream team, okay, to acquire some uh, sites, okay, I'm afraid I'm, um, I might be viewed as a moneyless and won't be taken seriously by my, any partner. Well, first of all, the dream team isn't to put up money. You probably are moneyless, but uh, you need to go acquire this. Uh, if you're not moneyless, what I'm about to say doesn't, isn't apropos or applicable to you. You want the dream team to help you raise the money to go buy those uh, uh, casino websites, revenue-generating casino websites. Who is the best vendor to hedge currency fluctuations for an international business? Now, well, I put this just to tell you, I don't know much about currency. I know about currency fluctuations, but I'm, I'm not in, the, uh, in that business, and I certainly don't hedge currencies. How can you best apply your teachings to industries where making money or being successful personally are seen as a negative? For example, charities. Maybe more importantly, is, uh, is it even possible? Of course it's possible. All charities want to raise more money. So applying QLA is very applicable to them. Uh, but um, you have to do it uh, a little more reverently. Uh, but I deal with charities, and uh, you know, I have mentees that are nuns and priests as we speak. Um, hi, Dan. Disregard the last question. I think I already skipped it. Even if morally justifiable, which I don't really believe, the problem lies in not having legal backing. Given that I'm uh, still puzzling the team together, puzzling, that's an interesting uh, adjective, and have no budget for legal support, would you recommend voice recording these uh, fucks while we agree on terms? No, you don't have voice agree. You have to go get a, a legal firm that will do your stuff on a success fee basis. Uh, I don't know, the voice agreements are bullshit. What is the primary objective at, this, uh, at the events? Uh, the event meaning the seminar. Primary objective is for you to get your head out of your ass and get your head screwed on straight and to take positive action, direct action. The first, in many cases, uh, uh, it's the first uh, positive action you've really taken vis-a-vis -vis your career and enhancing uh, your, uh, your goals and, uh, uh, and putting together a war plan, not an action plan, but a war plan to achieve them. Dan. How do you see the internet transform uh, the way we do business and create wealth in the next few decades? Well, I, I, there's, there's no, I don't see any end in sight. Uh, we may have a bubble in, in the stock market and that'll come and go, but uh, the internet is here to stay uh, and uh, it, it allows us, in my judgment, the best thing about the internet is it allows us to do due diligence and research a lot more quickly. Is your program for those who are already successful? No. How many fucking times do I have to tell you, meatheads? Or is it for those who want to start from scratch companies I have been, oh, scratch, yes. Or if you already have an existing company. Or if you're in the corporate, uh, uh, trying to corp climb the corporate ladder. Because uh, I've been following you since a few months now, and every time you mention someone is already uh, on a post, or in the middle of some ideas struggling, and you help them, but no one from zero. You're not listening carefully enough. There's many of them that are from zero. Is there any example? Please feel free to share. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is the most significant that I can think of right now is Mikey the Pizza Boy, who came to me slinging pizzas, and now is making major motion pictures. He couldn't smell fucking motion picture. How do I build a billion-dollar business while incorporating spirituality? I'm not the right one to ask for that, but I do have spiritual people following QLA. As I said just a few seconds ago, I have nuns and priests, uh, and, uh, but I'm not the one uh, that you can, should ask that question because I'm not that spiritual. Dear Mr. Pena, unfortunately, I'm not a QLA alumni. My biggest wish is to attend your birthday party. I would be very, very happy to meet you on your 70th birthday. 
You are my greatest inspiration and it would be the most beautiful gift for my 50th anniversary on the 24th of October. So you must be an old guy too, old gal anyway, to meet, the Mr. Pe to meet you, Mr. Pena, is my biggest wish. So uh, that's actually my question. Well, you, you can't come to the party unless you're an alumni. I appreciate your request. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for your request, but uh, that's not a wish that I can grant. Which is one piece of advice that you would have to a 28-year-old or anyone starting their first business? I'm in the fitness industry. Focus on the few, not the many, and just fucking do it. For someone with literally nothing to their name, what is the best first step they can take, um, they can take towards becoming a success? Follow your heart, follow your passion, find a mentor. How to maximize my success in my uh, interaction with others in business, be it partners or clients. Be yourself, always be honest, and always be candid. Question, how, how has being the $50 billion man made you a better person man? Uh, I don't believe that it has made me a better person or a man. Uh, I was the same person that I am today, sitting in front of this camera, than I was 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, I've always been in a hurry. I've always had a, uh, a soft spot in my heart for charities. Uh, and uh, I've always wanted to get across the goal line. The only difference is I'm not getting across the goal line for myself now. I'm getting you across the goal line, like Forrest Gump carrying those bodies. Um, why do so many of us allow our mind to trick us into believing that we cannot achieve greatness? I, I read this question to my lovely wife last night when I was going over the questions. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question myself, and then I'll pause, and I'll give you her answer. And I said, Sally, dear, what do you think? And she only had one word answer. Fear. And I asked her to elaborate. She said, Dan, you can elaborate better than I. But fear, we're all afraid. And that's just the way it is. That's what keeps us uh, believing that we cannot achieve greatness, fear. How to, get in the state of, how to get in the state of focus required to succeed. In other words, I still love these questions from people that don't speak English as their first language. How do we get in the state of focus required to succeed? Stop hanging around with the bums, losers, dipshits that you hang around with now. That's for starters. Stop listening to the naysayers. Uh, hang around with high-performance people. Expose yourself to high-performance people. If Dan did not have a castle nor the millions, would he be willing and ready to start all over from scratch now at 70? I wouldn't be willing, uh, but I can do it. You know, I have a new career, uh, showbiz, and I, I say it's tongue-in-cheek. I love showbiz. And if it wasn't for London Real and, uh, and the kind invitation that Brian Rose gave me to get me started, uh, all this wouldn't be taking place. And you guys wouldn't be the beneficiary of these podcasts. And the, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, in, the, in the months to come, uh, the beneficiary is seeing me, uh, uh, hopefully, at least in the UK and maybe in the UK and in the US in a reality show. And I'm almost 70, so I am starting all over again. Why not inviting me, a cardiac surgeon, over to you? I did not, come, or I did not become rich yet, but I want, to be, I want it so bad. Well, if you're a cardiac surgeon, uh, you know, there's possibilities for you, but uh, come to the uh, Castle Seminar, and I, this sounds self-serving, I don't mean it to be, but, uh, and I can show you how to do it. Uh, and uh, you're already well-educated, you're already presumably smart, giving you the benefit of the doubt, so you've got a couple pluses on your side. My question is, what is the best question I could ask you to win, answer, uh, to win, oh, to win, answer uh, that, uh, I'll send it back to you. So he's asking me to ask, to give him the best question so he could win the contest. Well, we've already got a, a number uh, of people uh, competing. I mean, we have a lot of people competing, all of you in these questions. Uh, so I'm not going to do that, but... Uh, Stay tuned, uh, and because uh, we're going to do this, 
every year going forward. What is the most important truth very few people agree with you on? Oh, Christ. There's too, too many to list. I'll start uh, with just a few. Conventional wisdom is, all, uh, is always wrong. Almost always wrong. Uh, focus on the few, not the many. Um, uh, you, you are, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your um, future. Uh, your family, uh, while they loved you, uh, probably did you harm vis-a-vis -vis being a high-performance person. This is just the few, uh, the few of the things they don't agree with me on. How did you start making all of your money? Well, I started by being focused. I started by being hungry. I started by uh, being always in a hurry. I only discovered uh, after that that I had a lot of talent. How should I start building high self-esteem uh, to my kids or with my kids? Uh, they are one and five years old. Let them be exposed to other opinions other than uh, their parents. Uh, put them around other high-performance people uh, and uh, let them follow their heart. Can you recommend me, uh, Michael? If yes, later I shall visit you at Guthrie Castle when I can afford it. I have a mentee. He's a Dutch movie star. Uh, his name is Michael Pilarsik. Uh, he's been to the castle a couple times. Uh, most recently last year, uh, and he is uh, engaged in seminars uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, he speaks very good English. He's a good guy, uh, and um, he, he's uh, not a mini-me, but uh, he has a, a lot of uh, QLA in his seminar. What is the most important character trait for a highly successful entrepreneur to possess? Passion. Mr. Pena, I'm a miserable young man. Poor kid. I'm full of self-doubt and seriously lack most of the qualities you describe as vital to success. You can blame your parents, kid. I know that's uh, uh, not politically correct, but looking back in retrospect, I've always blamed others how I feel, and I've always taken shortcuts. In other words, I don't hold myself accountable. Big fucking problem. I know I have issues, and I can trace them back to early childhood. I agree, your parents... Getting a degree in the quantitative field didn't do uh, shit for me, apart from giving me a nice ego boost, which lasted a few months. Landing a job as a trader uh, on a Mediterranean island wasn't the magical final destination I thought it would be. These two episodes in my life have one major thing in common. I didn't have passion for what I was doing at the time. I procrastinated my visions, strangled my soul, and developed physical symptoms of depression as a result. I really thought that getting a degree was something that I just had to do in order to become happy, happier, later, happy later. So I dedicated, I decided to quit my job uh, for the past five months. I've been trying to figure out why I really, what I really want to do. I've continued, excuse me, I've committed a series of, I've committed to a series, serious spiritual path which I've already benefited tremendously from, and which I uh, will, will, I want to carry out practicing for the rest of my life. All it took was a time commitment of 30 minutes before breakfast and 30 minutes before dinner. So this is this is has this has given me some inner stillness at last, uh, along with acceptance of a of a lack of love I experienced as a child. Hell, after declining a new job offer about two months ago, I instantly became aware of lifelong thought pattern, which involved victimizing myself. All I had to do was become aware of it. Then this pattern evaporated and I was left with a buzzing feeling of peace and joy. I'm fuck I fucking walked around with a huge smile on my face for days. It was unlike anything. It was beautiful. Um, but it hasn't lasted and I can feel old patterns and insecurities slowly creeping in back back in. They say that suffering in the in this dimension is grace in, in, in the next but I'm frightened on going back to my old ways. My financial situation is bad, the money I've earned is spent, I currently own equivalent of $30 and my student loan needs to be paid. Um, paying back takes dollars though not inner peace. Ain't that the truth. I'm reading you all this because there's a point here. 
Now I've got some idea to whip up the financial mess I've put myself in. One is boiling quality meat, chicken, fish stock, and sell via Christmas markets to start with and later via uh, delicacy stores. I, fig I figure put a celebrity uh, chef face on blah, 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 and start hustling. How do I begin? I'm the master procrastination and lazier than the lazy shit you ever met. What the fuck? Now, I, I, read all, I read all that, kids. I mean, probably most of you were sick of hearing it after the first few sentences. But don't discount many people that are watching this podcast are in similar situations. Un, unloved as a kid, or perceived to be unloved as a kid, etc., etc. Went to college, got a degree. He thought that that would be the guilt edge panacea. It wasn't. Uh, found spiritual healing, and he thought that was a guilt edge panacea, and it wasn't. Until you follow something, until you feel good about yourself, you can't be good at anything until you love yourself. You can't love anybody else. You can't be a good parent, a good uh, mate, uh, partner, etc. How do I begin? Well, I'm not so sure that's the, 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 the thing uh, that will uh, carry you across the goal line. But if you're not passionate about it, don't waste your time. Just because, you know, don't waste your time. Uh, find something that you're passionate about. Nice castle. What do you think about sex and masturbation, effects on business motivation and success in general? Another question. Well, uh, this isn't a sex uh, podcast, uh, and, um, but I believe in sex even at 70, almost 70. Another question. Uh, is it okay to make a baby to get out of a comfort zone? No. It's not. What are you, stupid? I should have realized you were stupid when you asked me about sex and masturbation. It's not all right to make a baby uh, to get out of your comfort zone. Making babies is something that should be taken extremely serious. Arguably, it's the most important thing we were brought on the earth to procreate, and we fuck it up. And, uh, and please, don't do that. Is there one thing you could do differently in your life, if any, in your life? What would it be and why? I've commented many times. Uh, I do differently. I would treat my mother nicer before she passed away because I didn't really think she was ill. Uh, and, uh, and I would have stayed longer in the military so I could have been a combat veteran. Uh, how do I identify my self-sabotage behavior when it's embedded so deep in me? Uh, mindset, subconscious, self-rationalization that neither I or the people around me can see it. And how can I overcome it? Um, I'm a believer in therapy. Uh, therapy can work, but um, if you hang around with high-performance people uh, and you read the stuff on my website, you can overcome it. What is the best positive multi-generational uh, impact on the world I can make, and how can I uh, be strong enough to do it? Um, I'm not sure what the uh, positive multi-generational impact on the world can be, but uh, whatever it is, uh, the way to be strong enough to do it is to get around supportive people that are high performance, uh, that have been successful uh, before, build a dream team, find a mentor, and follow your passion. Uh, we've had a lot of great questions. Uh, the, uh, I enjoy doing these podcasts. Um, it never ceases to amaze me, some of the questions. Uh, and it, it never ceases to amaze me, and I commented two or three times today on the same questions I get uh, over and over. Um, but that tells me, and uh, in conjunction with what I, the information uh, I gather from my seminars, and the information I gather from uh, the various emails I get uh, uh, unrelated to my uh, $50 million, billion dollar man uh, contest, Ask the $50 billion man contest, that the reason I get them so often is because it, you have so much trouble resonating with the answers I give because you don't want, you don't want to believe it, you know. Uh, on the one hand, uh, you don't want to believe it's as easy as I tell you uh, because everybody else is telling you different. And on the other hand, uh, the information um, that I've given you that is not complex on intellectual level is difficult on an emotional level because it requires you to come out of your comfort zone. 
So I continue to answer some of the same questions over and over. But uh, I will continue to do these um, podcasts. I will continue to keep you apprised of my showbiz career, uh, and uh, the uh, which. Uh, but uh, and I, I I will continue um, uh, to give seminars at least in the short and intermediate term. And I hope uh, for those of you that it, it makes sense, uh, you come along. But remember. A vast majority, 95 or 98% of the people that have been successful with QLA never met me, never saw me in a room, uh, and they've only uh, benefited from my sites, my product, QLA product, uh, uh, my book, all of which were on t uh, Torrent, other than the free stuff, uh, free content on my site, uh, and only a small handful uh, and compared to the, the numbers that I um, said are, uh, we're estimating around 240, 250,000 people I've touched uh, conservatively in uh, the last 21 years, um, have, uh, have actually you know, met me or attended a seminar. But for those of you that um, want the personal touch of being kicked in the ass by me, then I recommend the, the castle. Uh, and we've got the PPP, Pena Payment Plan, we've got the Student Plan, and of course then we have the regular attendance. Okay, uh, until next time, uh, God bless and peace.